Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the BNL Pipeco Show. Our it's a podcast put on by your friendly neighborhood pipe guys, old Gene Hunt. Hello, Gene. Hello, Steve. And Steve Tate, that's me. Uh, and hello, um, worker bees. Worker hey. bees. They're hello. We got Kayla Mathis in the studio with us, and also our sound engineer, Cody Phillips. So thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, Gene, how you doing? It's already February. I'm good. I went and had a physical done this morning. Oh, golly. Really? Blood pressure is perfect. I would, if you're having a physical, I figured it'd still be there. I mean, it's already yeah, 10 o'clock. Doesn't take me long. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, that's good. That's a good thing yeah. to do at the beginning of the year. It's, uh, you know, you got to make sure you take care of yourself. And and since we are, we are recording this on February the 1st, I cannot believe we're already a month into 2019. I can't either. That's our second attempt at this podcast. That's, and it's our fourth quarter. It's our fourth quarter. Yeah, we still... We're since, in the fourth uh, quarter. Yes, our fiscal year ends on March 31st. So we still got some way, a way to, ways to go on 2018. So... Uh, so it's been a good year. Mm-hmm. January was really no, good. No com- February and March no, are good. No complaints. Or obviously looking at uh, a potentially declining rig count, which might might have some effects on us. But uh, but so far so good. We're been been a pretty good year. But uh, so yeah. So today um, we kind of thought we would since we our first one we kind of did an introduction of who BNL Pipeco Services is and a little bit of what we do. But we didn't really do a whole lot of description on on what we do is more of a who we are so um we thought we would do a, a couple of podcasts i think gene we're gonna break it into a couple of different episodes and and the question that we're going to try to answer is why distribution and specifically why octg distribution so i think it's a pretty pretty pertinent topic for for pertinent our business. topic broad topic yeah, yeah, something that's uh, and again, I think it's a, a an important topic because it's kind of confusing in the OCTG business. You know, um, the typical, well, I guess the classical distribution model uh, in in a lot of businesses is you have a manufacturer who sells to a distributor, who sells to a wholesaler, who sells to a retailer, who sells to a a customer, and and I'll. I, we're not anywhere close to having that in the OCTG no, business. Not even close. <laughs> OCTG business is not nearly as clear a clear uh, chain of of uh, supply to from the manufacturer to the end user. But uh, that's okay. Uh, in the OCTG business, what we see is there's a few players, um, and it's like I said, it's not necessarily a linear uh, chain, and sometimes it kind of goes around different directions, but. Um, you know, we do have distributors in, in the OCTG business, which is what B&L Pipeco is. A uh, stocking distributor. A stocking distributor with, with, with mill relationships, and we'll get to that in a little more detail here in a minute. Uh, we have, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe some agents that uh, they might play in a little bit of inventory, but it's typically uh, purposed inventory that doesn't, it's not really uh, uh, speculative inventory, I would say. And it's probably guys who have a relationship with a certain oil and gas company yeah or yeah that's that's true can facilitate getting pipes sold into that company right and then you of course you have uh brokers in our business which really are guys that just kind of are gals and that kind of connect the dots sorry kayla (laughs) i'm trying to be more progressive in my as i get older but um yeah so we have brokers in the business that they kind of connect the dots they they maybe have a relationship with 
uh, you know, a, an oil and gas company, and they just basically facilitate um, uh, the supply of product to that end user. Uh, but th- there's really no risk involved in that. Not a lot of skin in the game. Skin in the game, yes. I, we like to use the term skin in the game for risk, so we'll say that a lot. Whenever we say skin in the game, we're meaning risk. So, And then uh, finally, there's a, there's a new model out there. Um, we're not going to get into a lot today, which is the Mill Direct model, which uh, one of the manufacturers of OCTG has decided to uh, take it on themselves to, to handle all of those functionalities of supply chain management. And we're going to use that. We're going to move that into the second episode of why distribution works versus why for how it relates to the mill direct model. So we weren't, we're not going to really focus on that. But, right. uh, you know, I think one thing we want to talk a little bit about is, um, you know, distributors, the, the true distributors and, and what makes a distributor. So, Gene, what do you think about what makes a true distributor? Well, I think what makes a true distributor is obviously having uh, inventory on the ground. Uh, you've got to be able to service uh, any oil and gas company that calls with uh, anything from carbon casing to semi-premium to tubing uh, and have the inventory that, that is available so that uh, when they call, it's, uh, it's, it's ready to go. You can have it to the well that afternoon. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. Not only just having it, but also having it in the right place. But having said all that, it takes money. It takes backing. Oh, yeah. It takes finance. Believe me, strong parent company. We know that, yeah. uh, I I couldn't imagine being a distributor on my own nickel. Oh, Uh, the risk involved is uh, tremendous. Yeah, Uh, that's you know I think uh, that's that's a really good point, and we'll get to that too. But I think maybe the third thing that uh, what the the key points of a distributor in the OCTG business is to have those direct mill relationships. Direct mill relationships. Yeah, and a lot of there are mills out there that uh, have very strict distribution policies and they license companies like ourselves uh, to sell their products and we kind of take that we take that responsibility very seriously yes, we do yeah we uh, kind of look at it with our mill direct relationships that those mills have hired us to do a job which is also to, to sell their pipe and stock their pipe and make sure uh, that that pipe gets pushed out into the market so I think those are the main three points of, of what makes a distributor and those are three big points very big points. And As Gene pointed out, the uh, the finance side part is a very important part. Um, you know, it's it's basic the, the distribution that's carrying all this inventory and is, is really financing the OCTG industry. If you would, if if you might give me a little bit of latitude on that, but I think that's I, the way I look at it. Is we are you know the the true distributors are financing the industry. Uh, and and again, as, as Gene pointed out, you got to have some pretty strong financial backing from that. Exactly. But, you know, I was uh, it's funny. I was reading a I don't know it was on, found it on the on the web and it was uh, on the internet and it was uh, some obscure magazine where they were interviewing this company. I think that was kind of saying they were uh, a distributor. I don't know if I'd really call them a distributor, but they were but they were kind of bad mouthing. Um, some of the bigger distributors, um, and because as we, as you know, we're owned by a Japanese trading company, which is Sumitomo Corporation, which is a very large company, but has very strong, has a very, very strong financial fortitude, and, and allows us to carry these inventories. And this article is kind of talking about how, well, you know, these Japanese, the, the distributors are owned by Japanese. They move really slowly. I, it kind of made me chuckle because. First of all, you know, if, if you know, if it weren't for the the strong financial fortitude, 
um, these companies that were kind of criticizing uh, a company like ourselves was uh, they 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 wouldn't exist. And and second of all, it's they were kind of saying, well, we move very slowly, which I think that we move at the speed of light. Um, we have to. Yeah, and and again, uh, the parent company we have, we're real fortunate. So here, a little plug for Sumitomo Corporation. Uh, they, they so. yeah they yeah they're a very very good parent they allow us to run very very quickly and very freely and do the right things for our customers but uh, i just that was a little bit of a side but it kind of made me chuckle when i was listening it made me chuckle. yeah when i was seeing this article about kind of poking fun at uh at companies that are owned by japanese trading companies i thought that was a little bit interesting but uh anyway so but yeah so kind of back on the whole idea of what distribution uh how the the value that they provide um and as i was mentioning they kind of they kind of finance the industry uh but they also stabilize the industry i mean they really do you know the, in 2018 we had the, the the most fun time we ever had right it was actually the scariest time when this industry seen a long time which was the article 232 uh and if you know anything about the steel industry, uh, the, you probably I'm probably going to tell you something that's a little bit redundant. But uh, the Article 232 was a, a series of tariffs put on on imported steel in the United States, and it was it was certainly impactful to the OCTG business because at that time, imports uh, represented over 50 percent of the supply of OCTG in the United States. So obviously, a 25 percent tariff on imports. Was, is is going to have some impact. So, but I think the interesting thing looking back now is though there's a 25% tariff, we didn't see prices jump up on the OCTG side 25%. And I, you know, a lot of that is because of the fact that there was inventory on the ground. And again, who's carrying the inventory is the distributors. And not only just it, purpose-built inventory for specific customers, but also inventory that is speculative, that can take off some of these, these supply shocks that could happen. So certainly, 232 was a supply, could have been a supply shock. And, and quite frankly, it's the distribution that helped stabilize those prices and kept the prices from uh, going up more than they did. I mean, the uh, if you look on the steel side, some of the steel prices after the 232 went up 50%, even though there was a 25% tariff. So, uh, so you didn't see that in the OCTG business. And I'll I'll, I'll give us I, I'll give distribution an attaboy for helping to stabilize the market in that 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 effect. So, so how many dollars do you think that was? It was on the ground when 232 was announced between the let's say five to seven largest distributors between five to seven of the large distributors oh um dollars i'll say probably on the tonnage let me focus on the tonnage i'll bet you on tonnage uh probably close to a million tons mm -hmm. i would say on the on the largest distributors somewhere that somewhere around there summarizes it real yeah quick yeah so that that's a lot of pipe on the ground yeah yeah and and most of the pipe is being carried by a, a few big distributors and and so and again the point of this discussion is not to say that these other players that are in the business are not important there are there are is a place for them but uh but i think you have to be careful because nowadays it's more difficult to d identify what a distributor is because i think part of it's the way the internet works you know with the marketing internet marketing and 
it's easy to look like a distributor. And you know, like we like to say around here is everything we just talked about, what does that mean to the customer? Mm -hmm. What does that mean to the oil and gas purchasing guy, the oil and gas drilling engineer oh, yeah. that's sitting there and yeah, thinking about changing a string design? Yeah. Um, you know, thinking about using a different thread. And then when he wants to pull the trigger, who does he go to? He can't go to a broker. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if again, if you're buying from one of those, uh, more of a broker, once you place that purchase order, that pipe is pretty sure. much yours. It's, <laughs> it's going to be yours good. either today or it's going to be yours tomorrow, but it's eventually going to end up in your hands. He can go to a distributor, and for lack of a better term, he can swap it out. Yeah. I'm, I'm changed string designs. I, I would like you guys to take this back, and I want some of that other pipe oh, you yeah. have sitting there and we make it happen we yeah. take it back we make it seamless uh he gets what he wants yeah. on the well and he doesn't have to wait for a production run or for this broker or agent to find the pipe yes they would have to call us to find it yeah um so anyway or I think sometimes if they don't if they can't if it may not be a situation of finding the pipe but a lot of those times the if you're buying from an agent or something like that and you, they have pipe on order for you. You have to burn through all that pipe before you can get to your new casing design. Right. And and I think distribution helps. So I, let me add another one. I had three, which was inventory, finance, and and mill relationships. But also, it creates efficiency in the market. Exactly. So, and so. after going through that exercise with that oil and gas company, you find out next week that they're shutting all those rigs down. <laughs> yes, that's yes, always fine. a fun call. We're going to take that pipe back. We're going to inventory it. We're going to credit the customer. Yeah. And we'll be sitting there ready for when he does fire his rigs back. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, it's yeah. A big advantage. I think distribution is, uh, it's, it's, and again, like we said, so it's sometimes confusing to know exactly if you're a distributor. So, you know, there are questions that you can ask who you're, and, and like I said, I'm not saying to not, if you're buying from a broker, you don't, and you got a special relationship. I get that. I, we understand that. But, if you're going to put together a big program of, of drilling and you need casing and tubing on a consistent basis, there's some questions you probably should ask. Which what are some of those questions? You if you were a, if you were an end user and you had a bunch of pipe companies coming in here and you wanted to figure out who the distributors and who weren't, who what kind of questions would you ask? I, my first question is who are you owned by? Yeah. Where where what's your where's your money come from? Yeah. Yeah. How much inventory do you have on the ground? How much inventory? That's that right. That tells me immediately that this is a strong company. If they tell me they've got two or three or four solid domestic mills and the pipes on the ground, yeah, I know they got the wherewithal to to manage my program. I think that's those are great I questions to ask. Also, I mean, who, what manufacturers do you represent? Like we were talking about earlier, earlier, some of these manufacturers have licensed distributors. So, who is it that you re represent? Because Whoever they represent is expecting them to buy certain amounts of pipe from them and stock that pipe and exactly. put it on the ground. So, so those are three three questions right there that you can ask that would really kind of separate the I'm going to say the men men from the boys. I probably shouldn't <laughs> right. have said it that way, but but you know what I mean. But. Well, we probably should start wrapping this up. I mean, we Gene, we could probably talk about these subjects for. We could talk for hours. Yeah, we could. We will. We would be able to bore you to tears on these subjects <laughs> if tears. we wanted to. But that's probably not what we're really trying to do. We want to keep these podcasts uh, somewhat uh, compact, uh, so it keeps people's so we can attention. Keep your attention. Yeah, because those you know a million listeners is hard to. Uh, you got that's hard to keep people's attention. When we we're have that many for listeners. Two million, Steve. Yeah, we are. That's where we shoot high, but. 
but yeah, this uh, this is going to wrap up part one of of the our podcast, our two part series, why distribution. Part two, we're going to focus back on Gene's favorite subject, which is the mill direct model. Yes, it is. Yeah, and he talked about talking about hours. Gene Gene will <laughs> Gene will talk. He'll your wear head a man off down. Yeah, he'll 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 wear a man down. So. But again, we thank you for listening to us this morning uh, for our second uh, installment of the BNL Pipe Co. Show. We're still working on that name. Stay tuned. Yeah, we we got, got some, some good ones. Got some good ideas. We're just checking with legal to see if we can actually use those names. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. So we're and and HR too. We got to check and HR. <laughs> so, but yeah, so we'll uh, we'll come up with a better name than the BNL Pipe Co. Show or the Gene and Steve Show. Uh, but again, thank you for listening. And uh, we look forward to having you listen to us uh, sit there and talk about the pipe business again. So, till next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>